Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to NAVWIC Talk. I'm Jada Williams, your National NAVWIC Blog Talk Chair, and it's always a great pleasure to be on the air and in the studios this morning with you, so happy Wednesday. I have to ask you to follow, like, and share on all your different social media platforms that you are hanging out and listening in to NABWIC Talks this morning and or head over to our website, as you heard, at www.nabwic.org and engage with us and see how you can join and become a NABWIC member. Yes, get your red shirt. So head over to our website and find out all this great resourceful information about NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. So moving right along, you know I get so excited. I'm so excited this morning as we are the voice of black women in construction, and I have to announce that NABWIC's national annual meetings are coming up very soon. So if you have not registered, if you have not heard, which I don't know how you haven't, please go over to Eventbrite. Our national annual meetings will be held this January 27th through the 31st in Jacksonville, Florida. And you still have time to connect with us. There will be um, virtual meeting opportunities as well as in-face. So we have it in face-to-face. So we have it all planned out and worked out for you um, this this January. So as always, um, please connect with us. We look forward to seeing you in January in Jacksonville. Moving right along this morning, we do have Ms. Ann McNeil, the master builder herself in the studio, bringing her words of wisdom. Good morning, Ms. Ann. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, Jada. If I were any better, I would be you this morning. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, indeed. Well, I wanted to just come on for a few minutes before our show actually kicks off because I am very excited about our guest today. The Florida Black Business Investment Fund 
has been a phenomenal organization for black businesses in the state of Florida. And for many years, I served on a similar board in Miami for the Business Assistance Center called BAC Funding, and it also serves the local community in helping with financing and um, business support, management, operations, but more importantly for our members as we listen to our guest today, you must be very clear about how much money you want to make in your small business and the BBIF and organizations like it, especially for black businesses and especially for NABWIC members, can be the strategic partner that you're looking for to help you with that funding. So, so Jada, I just wanted to come on and just share that because as we look to grow our construction industry-focused businesses, everybody, no matter what size, needs money. And actually, I was talking to our, one of our members this morning, Katina McClinton, who's looking forward to working with the BBIF for her uh, small business out of the Tampa area. And many of our members are connecting with this resource. And thankfully, they're also, BBIF is also a member. And I also want to give a shout out because they're also one of our sponsors. Actually, they're our key sponsor for our reception that we're hosting in Jacksonville for our annual meeting. And so I just wanted to share that, Jada, because this is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal program today. Thank you. Yes, indeed, and thank you. And I am also one of those members out of the South Florida, Miami chapter area um, that has partnered up directly with BBIF and um, our very own member, Ms. Kalina Shirley, who is the regional director of the North Florida um, area and right now who is standing in as interim for South Florida, assisted me. And I have nothing but great things to say, and this is a beautiful and a great program, um, in my opinion. So what are we up here talking about this morning? Well, we all know as small business owners, yes, it's January. We have kicked off 2021, but we still have a little bit of old business hanging over from 2020 with this COVID situation, right? So we have the PPP, that is the Paycheck Protection Program, that has had their second round um, coming up that has opened up this past Monday, and then another round that is going to be opening up um, next week, Monday. And then we have the BBIF, which is the Black Business Investment Firm, and they are the leading minority lending firm provider in the state of Florida. And we know that we have listeners from all over. So, yes, you do not have to um, be in the state of Florida. Wherever your small business is located, you are eligible to apply if you qualify. Get your paperwork together. Be prepared for the opportunity. You can apply for PPPs and different funding under the CARES Act that has just opened up in your state. I would suggest that definitely you go out and find you a firm that's like a BBIF um, in our area. So today, yes, like Ms. Ann has said, please go get your notebooks, your pens, because you're going to hear some great tips 
on different opportunities and how you can prepare yourself to be ready for the funding um, that is out there for small business owners, minority business owners, um, and there's different types of things out there that you may not know about. So today we will be listening in to Ms. Kalina Shirley. And then next week, yes, next week she will be in the studios live with us bringing us more updated information and resources that you can use. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and I hope you're ready with your notebook and pen to take some notes and get these small businesses continuing to take off and soar in 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses. And by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world. And by Jay Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. On this Map with yeah. Talks Wednesday, our special guest. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women. In- On this Map with Talks Wednesday, our special guest. Two lovely women, Miss um, Danielle St. Luce and Miss Kalina Shirley. So, Miss Danielle St. Luce is BBIF Florida's regional director for the South Florida market. As head of South Florida office, she works with small businesses to provide loan capital and business development training. Danielle knows that business owners not only need passion for what they do but they also need support to expand their capacity, network, and access capital, all keys to building a strong business. Danielle holds a bachelor's in industrial and labor relations from Cornell University. Our second special guest this morning is Ms. Kalina Shirley joining us. She is um, BBIF Florida's regional director for the North Florida market. She has years of experience working with local governments, providing guidance in the areas of specialized affordable housing program initiatives, residential construction project management, and housing development funding. She has served as the housing property administrator and prior to that as operations manager for the city of Jacksonville's housing and community development division. Shirley also worked as a planner for the city of Winter Park and was principal of Catalyst Planning and Development, LLC. She graduated cum laude from Rollins College with a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Studies and Civic Urbanism. Thank you, Ms. Kalina and Ms. Danielle, for joining us this morning. 
And thank you, Jada. And again, I'm Ursula Odom, and I'm the founder of Sula 2, and we make old, new, and everything we do. In that, we capture and preserve legacy information in any form possible. And that's why I like what I do on Wednesday mornings, because I bring to you, as a part of NABWIC, NABWIC Talks, and we speak to people like you that has just been introduced to you today. And just hold on to your seats, because you know you're going to find out at least one thing that you don't know today. So listen in. You might just find out a little bit more. So to get us started, uh, Ms. Shirley, would you introduce or give us some more of your background from a personal point of view? I mean, how did you get to where you are and why do you love what you do? <laughs> oh, I thank you. Um, well, that's a, a, a interesting story that we probably don't have enough time to go through my, my whole story, but uh, I, I was very fortunate to have benefited from uh, being a, a young overworker, uh, overachiever, uh, when I was uh, working with the city of uh, Winter Park, I actually knew nothing about planning. Uh, I'd never been exposed to a urban planner or planning department um, when I was younger. And so uh, me uh, getting a job at the city of Winter Park uh, allowed, in the planning department allowed me to uh, really uh, learn firsthand the profession, and I was able to benefit from um, some really great mentors that uh, really encouraged me to uh, finish school, um, of which I, I ended up, um, you know, finishing at Rollins College, and um, really take on the urban planning uh, field. Um, I love being a planner uh, because it's the perfect tie to be that conduit between local government um, and the community, understanding um, developments and changes uh, that are happening. Um, it's very hard sometimes to understand what's going on from a government perspective, and so the planning profession has really allowed me to uh, be that conduit between both. Um, and since coming on uh, with BBIF uh, late last year, I've really been able to use those community engagement um, lessons I've learned and skills that I've had to be able to bring economic development and economic enhancement for small businesses into that picture as well. So my background has been a perfect tie uh, tie into me uh, doing the current uh, work that we're doing with uh, BBIF and supporting small businesses. Great. And good morning, Ms. St. Luke. Would you introduce yourself and your story? Of course. Thank you. So I'm actually a South Florida native, and after I came back from Cornell in nonprofits, um, in the arts, in education, basically any nonprofit outside of what we do at BJS, which is nonprofit finance. And um, another alum of mine who was working with BJS at the time introduced me to the company. And it's interesting because when you think of nonprofits, we're always, and I say we very loosely, looking for money. Um, so it's very strange to work for a company that specializes in giving money to for-profits and think to have it all together. Um, so I've been with CBIS for about two years now almost, and it's been a fantastic journey just to get here from what I thought I was going to go into consulting to where I am now, which is essentially consulting, but much more involved with our businesses. And it's definitely been um, a great turn of events, is what I'll say. <laughs> I enjoy it a lot. 
Great. Um, now, you just piqued my interest in, in a statement that you made, and um, I'm not sure I – well, I'll just ask. When you said we're always looking for money, I know you were talking about nonprofits, but it made me wonder, BBIF, where does your money come from? Where I mean, are you looking for money in that organization as well? And either one of you can answer the questions as we go along. Okay. Um, well, that's a great question, actually. So BBIF, our model is similar to other CFIs in that we have a revolving loan fund. And as a CFI, we are actually approved by the Treasury and measured and checked up on by the Treasury um, basically quarterly and yearly. We provide reports to them about um, the progress of our loan pool. So most of our loan pools are, they've, they've grown from the revolving loan fund. When we charge you an interest on our loans, that money and the money that you pay back in your installments, they go right back into those loan funds. So we were founded as a BBIC, a Black Business Investment Corporation, by the state of Florida in the late 1980s. They gave us an initial cash influx. I think it was $250,000. And that's how we started our pool. Um, so one of the ways is that it's just grown over time in the past 30-odd years. Another way is EQT. So those are very low-interest loans that most CDFIs use to also grow their funds. And by low interest, I mean 1% to 2%. So we pay back the bigger banks who give that money to us. Um, and we've also gotten grants from big banks who want us to start a specific loan funds, and that's something we don't have to pay back, and we just work on growing those funds. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so oh, did, did someone else have an uh, answer to that as well? Yes, this is Kalina. I okay. just wanted to kind of just back up and bring some of your uh, listener and uh, audience into maybe some acronyms that were used that they may not be familiar with just to give you a better kind of overview of who we are um, as BBIF. So uh, Danielle used the term CDFI that some of your listeners may not um, know what that is. And so that stands for a Community Development Financial Institution. Uh, and as she was saying, we are uh, established in um, – under the auspice of the U.S. Treasury. And being a community development financial institution allows us to have a uh, hyper-specific um, targeting of who we are looking to impact and affect in um, our daily line of work. Uh, we are a 501c4 organization um, that allows us to raise capital um, during, by the means that Deanne was uh, giving examples of. Uh, we also go out of after a lot of large grant funding from uh, larger uh, banks that have uh, responsibilities to uh, flow their funds down through to the community level um, by way of their uh, need to have CRA credits. And so uh, we uh, just want, I just wanted to express that we are CDFI, which is a type of non-traditional lending institution, and uh, our target market and focus uh, is uh, black businesses, uh, minority businesses, uh, women-owned businesses and those businesses that are in underserved communities. And so I just wanted to kind of uh, bring a little highlight on kind of who we are as an institution and, and what we do. Well, thank you for that because it, it reminds me of when I was in um, computer programming and 
the first time I had to speak to a, an audience uh, and I started using acronyms, I remember the feeling of standing before this group and saying CBSS, CB, CBS, and RDM, and, and the only one that made any sense was employee system. And I went, oh, my God, what do these acronyms mean? <laughs> And so we get so used to that because they they take on a life of their own. So thank you because um, I understand how that works. Now, um, there's probably a question out there about the money that's been um, offered from from because of COVID nineteen, and people are wondering: Is there any left? So yes, I'll, I'll I'll take that as a pitch, and then I'll pitch it back to my um, my my co-director Danielle. So, uh, BBIF is a SBA affiliate uh, that allows us the ability to be a lender for the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, which is the program that uh, most folks uh, have heard the most about, and that uh, was funded for the second round of funding through the uh, CARES Act coming down from Congress. Uh, we are still accepting applications. Um, folks can get to uh, that information by going to our website, which is uh, com, and we have a link at the bottom of the page that allows you to uh, click to apply for the Paycheck Protection Program. And so we will continue to set applications until uh, that funding runs out. Uh, we are really in a special uh, era right now in that these funds have lost, lasted uh, much longer than the first round of funds did. Uh, the first round of funds was gone in about uh, four to five days. Uh, we are now into uh, halfway through our second week of uh, being able to provide uh, access to this program. Um, and so we're expressing and asking um, anyone who has not um, already applied for this program to please do. Uh, it is, is there for a resource to you. Uh, we are definitely accepting applications uh, and will until the funds run out. Okay. So my question based on um, the employee part of the, the name and the requirement that you have at least two employees. Now, is that strictly employees or hiring contractors? Does that, does that count? Um, so the, this one, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Okay. So um, with the Paycheck Protection Program, I'm not sure where you saw the need for the employees, but we have been helping contractors, 1099 people who they're the only ones that work for their firm. Um, I know a lot of bigger banks have different requirements that are maybe a little bit higher than the threshold that P3 actually states and mandates for this is payroll protection for everyone who takes home a check from their job. Okay. Yes. And I realize sure in, 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 all right, I, I, was just I, I want to clarify sure something. Okay. This is, I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm going to clarify something and then I'd like you to go ahead and continue answering. Um, when I say contractor, I realize what I'm talking about or um, on the show about black women in construction and you're talking about contract work, I'm not talking about that kind of contract. I'm talking about the um, uh, freelancer, the, the person that doesn't is not on payroll but by a 1099. So um, 
if that clarifies my question any. Still may have answered it appropriately, but I wanted to be sure that I was understood. Yes, yes that's exactly yes, what I was going to mm-hmm. uh, That's what okay. I was wanting to, to clarify. The Paycheck Protection Program um, is set up to be able to provide uh, funding for sole proprietors, for um, single-member LLCs, as well as 1099 uh, folks that are on a 1099. Um, um, and so this program is, as long as you can show that even yourself uh, that you have that you have uh, payroll as a sole proprietor. So that's uh, having such things as a uh, 1040 with a Schedule C where you're showing your earnings. Um, that's the type of requirements that uh, this program has to be able to allow those uh, sole proprietor, independent contractor type of folks to be able to access this program. So this program does not um, restrict you um, if you are, you know, a gig worker, a 1099 worker, a sole proprietor, or single member LLC, you still have the ability to be eligible for this program. Uh, we've listed some of that information on our site, uh, so you can get some more uh, details of that. But um, as Danielle was saying, the program itself allows for um, the whole myriad of small business uh, folks to be able to participate. Uh, what, what you're probably hearing or have heard have been individual lender requirements that may have upped the bar beyond what the uh, SBA's uh, base guidelines are. And so each lender had the ability to kind of uh, launch their program uh, along the guidelines that they felt were necessary for their institution. At BBIF, we are using the guidelines as set out by SBA, so we are open to the full gamut of small businesses. That clarifies it. Thank you very much. So what makes you unique of the um, people that are providing services during this time frame for for small businesses? I know you said that you are uh, non-traditional. Is that in, in how you lend or what you lend or who to? I, when you say uh, minority, that says who, but is there something else that makes you absolutely unique? Um, well, I can take this. So BBIF, we're unique because of how we approach our lending. So not only is our interest rate lower than a bank, who usually start at 12, our, the, the way you get into our loan program and acceptance as, as a client is also different from a bank. So we don't look at credit as one of the main things when it comes to eligibility. We look at the business owner, what they're doing in the community. And credit is a part of the story, but it's not the only thing. And as a client, either a lending client or a business advisory client, we actually work with the business owners to become better at running their business. And that's something most big banks don't do, which is what makes us very um, non-traditional. And even though our name is Black, and even though we specialize in minorities, we don't limit ourselves to minorities. We actually lend to anyone and everyone. Karina, do you have anything to add? But get... I'm I sorry. think you nailed it on the head. Great. No, I think she gave okay. a perfect so, answer. Given that you are broader than minorities, I, I do want to know um, get what's happening with the minority businesses, though. What trends are you seeing? 
So I'll take that one. Um, what I am seeing is that minority businesses, especially women-owned minority businesses, um, mentally have been pushing through this COVID-19 experience uh, in tremendous ways that's going to allow them to continue to prosper uh, after we get back to a new norm. And that's been by way of finding those little uh, one-off lanes from what maybe their primary businesses have been to be able to find ways to stay viable. Uh, I have uh, clients who have been in the construction realm that have now uh, opened up arms to become, uh, to get into the supply chain uh, channels and, um, you know, those just little one-off industry things that maybe they never would have thought about being in that space. Um, they're now looking for those opportunities that have, have kind of grown and expanded beyond their traditional lane to find those supportive type of uh, uh, businesses that um, they can still uh, be viable and, and push through and, and find some ways to bring in revenue. Um, I also think that there is a lot of um, community uh, connections happening uh, right now. I'm seeing a lot of our small businesses uh, really be vocal and, and open up and reach out to each other on social media um, and by other means of uh, smaller groups and things. That there's a lot of smaller support groups that have uh, showed up, specialized, whether it be construction or uh, supply diversity uh, or supply chain and demand. Uh, those groups are there, and uh, that's been very, very positive to see. I also think that a lot of small businesses are taking advantage of uh, some of this slower downtime to really up their skill sets, uh, whether it be going back and looking at certifications maybe that they should have applied for in the past and then have time to getting those WBE um, you know, criteria together and being able to make those applications to get that type of certification, um, as well as just um, – additional knowledge and technical certifications as well. And so uh, I think those are the ways that our minority businesses are really being resilient through this time. Uh, do you have anything to add, Danielle? No, I think that was perfect, and I agree. Pivoting um, the business model and acquiring additional knowledge during this time when things are probably a lot slower than normal is, the best way to prepare for post-COVID world. And I, I totally agree with what, what you've said. And, in fact, I was just thinking that um, one of the things that happened on social media that was totally different was all of a sudden DJs popped up, and they started having um, parties on, on Facebook and that was really rather nice. I mean, I could clean the house dancing around to them. <laughs> so they reinvented <laughs> themselves. Now, <laughs> I shouldn't tell that, but I did. That's exactly what I did. I turned that thing up loud and just had a good time. But um, so in terms of things like that, have you seen where new things have popped up, like like maybe um, in this incubation time that we've had, people are coming out with something that they – that's, that's totally different, taking advantage of the situation. I know there's um, people that are gouging or trying to with, with masks and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that, but um, other ways, do you see where people are, are expanding on into different areas, period? Um, oh, yes, that well, was um... Go ahead, Danielle. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, I will say that every 
business owner is different, but I have been seeing some interesting things happen on Instagram. Uh, for instance, I would I've seen florists hosting their workshops on Instagram and either overnight shipping or hand delivering flowers on the doorsteps of customers. Um, I I've seen people offer consulting via FaceTime and advertising on social media, dermatologists, business consultants overall. I think what I've seen is people taking a lot more advantage of social media and space and internet and the internet to deliver their services. And I have to admit, I, I fall into that category. Uh, tonight, I'm having a virtual book signing. <laughs> uh, and I'm a publisher, so several of my authors are going to be joining me. And that is so out of my comfort zone, but it's required for the times. You can't have a book signing in person, not really not to be effective, but when you think about being um, available to the to the internet at, at large, live, that's pretty cool. I mean, given that it works. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah. So, what about restaurants and construction companies and barbershops and their opening right now? I'm a little afraid of this, to be honest. What are your thoughts? So I'm definitely um, I'm, I am I'm understanding folks' uh, need and desire to to get back to to rush back to a norm, uh, but I think that with all things we have to move in caution um, and making sure that first we're uh, putting our personal safety and our family safety first, uh, still not really having a true grip on uh, what's going on with this COVID-19 stuff and and not really truly knowing. Uh, how long we're going to be in this era, there's a, a feel or push or demand to kind of get back uh, operating for financial gains. But um, I think that in all folks who have the green light to kind of start reopening and construction has, has kind of been one of those areas where people really haven't, um, you know, they slowed down, but I don't think that industry came to a complete halt or stop us. And so I think things like uh, being being able to wear protective uh, a mask and take those types of measures are going to be increasingly important, as well as continue to you know use hand sanitizing and washing and things like that, as well as the social distancing. And I think that any way that you can uh, maneuver in your lane of business in the safest way possible, uh, with extreme caution, is going to be uh, needed. And 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 just there's going to be some industries that that's just not. Um, doable. And so um, I think for all folks, they're trying to really kind of consider right now, what are those measures? And so um, that's that's really what a lot of the questions that, you know, things that we're getting and seeing is, you know, what kind of what are those health safety measures? Um, and a lot of that is being put out right now by the CDC. So I encourage people to kind of uh, follow their guidance on those things. Um, and just to use your um, your good senses and, and, and know that you've got to protect yourself first um, before all things. Um, I would actually like to echo what Kalina just stated. And I've been reading and hearing different either facts, figures, I'm not sure if it's true or not, 
about COVID-19, especially the fact that it lasts in the air. And one thing I've been seeing in other states that have opened up is that people have begun neglecting the guidelines that the CDC has put out. And I think it's important to really not only maintain those guidelines, but enforce them in the places of business. So if you have a shop that someone walks into, they should be wearing a mask. And if you have the ability to offer a mask, that should be done. But um, not only yourself as a business owner, but any employees or contractors that you may also have working for you. Um, any, I think I've seen that almost everywhere where they've opened up, cases have spiked in less than a week. And that's what we really want to avoid, another spike or uh, the curve getting too high, because then we'll have to shut down again. Well, I, I'm not too encouraged when I see um, people storming a store and people not wearing their masks. It, and it, it's I'm I'm just waiting to see because I'm not so comfortable with this right now. But we know what we're supposed to do, so we just have to keep saying that, I guess. Now we do have a question um, from someone, and I want to encourage people that are listening that if you'd like to join the conversation, simply press 1 on your telephone dial and I will see a question mark and I'll know to open your line so that you can ask your question because, I mean, you're a part of this. You're either a business or a consumer and either way, this information should be of value to you because I'm sure if it doesn't affect you, it may affect someone that you know, that you care about. Okay, we have a question from Jada. Jada, you have a question? Hi, Kalina. Um, oh, just I'm following sorry. the interview oh. and uh, just following the interview and um, you know the the extraordinary introduction um, from the beginning of the show, and I would encourage anyone that just joined into the show to go back and listen to the beginning. You can always to the link and um, start wherever you want. If you missed information, need more information, or heard a powerful piece by our two special guests today, you can always catch that by going back to the link. But, okay, going back to Ms. Kalina. Kalina, from reading your bio, your mini bio, um, you've had a lot of different roles and such a, an important roles at that for the community um, it's two parts. What in your role, what have been, um, what has been one of your biggest accomplishments um, with working with local, local governments and small businesses? And then the second, I would like for you to express or share what is your goal for the small business owners, the entrepreneurs, the barbershops that Ursula mentioned um, as we're coming out of COVID-19? What is your goal for um, BBIF and that relationship with the community? Sure, thank you. Uh, Two great questions. Thank you. Um, So I think um, my my greatest accomplishments have been um, in being able to be a true conduit uh, between local government and community folks as well as small businesses that's looking to engage with uh, local governments in, in both of the uh, municipalities that I've worked in. Um, 
one of the things that I I try to make sure I always bring to uh, the conversations as I'm speaking with small businesses as as a part of BBIF now is the understanding of how uh, local government um, purchasing departments and opportunities work to become vendors for local governments. There's a lot of ways to really build um, your your resume, uh, really be able to get some some good jobs uh, for those smaller jobs, um, be able to get on uh, some projects that are really manageable by working through uh, the local governments. And in order to do that, you have to first be on their their vendor list uh, to be able to get the RFP or the request for proposal um, information when opportunities come up. And so I, I want to make sure I constantly uh, use myself to to interface people with local government because it can be intimidating. And so uh, that has been my greatest accomplishment is being able to tie people into local government resources to be able to expand their pool of work uh, and access to uh, jobs. Um, That is also something I've been able to expand um, on a greater level working with BBIF and tying folks into uh, SBA and their subcontractor portal as well as federal and state opportunities. Um, and so that that is uh, for me career-wise been my greatest accomplishment is being able to constantly be a conduit for people to get to and access uh, information opportunities. Um, and so the the second question, uh, what do I want to really see uh, us do with small businesses with BBIF, is be that true uh, resource hub, that true source of um, connectivity to small businesses. Um, especially minority small businesses and women-owned small businesses, we have such a um, a charge within us to jump out there and take it on and get into um, um, the business realm. And uh, we don't always know the best ways to do things. We just kind of jump first and figure it out along the way. And I would like folks to know that that does not have to be the way that we engage. Uh, you do have a resource in BBIF. We have a whole team of specialists that are willing to help you get the information to understand these opportunities, to grow into these opportunities, and have the support by means of access to capital uh, to be able to gear up for these opportunities. And so um, that's what I would truly want people to understand and know is that BBIF is more than just a lender. We're a small business resource. Uh, we have access to information and those things that we don't have directly, we have a chain of uh, coworkers and resources by way of our community partnerships uh, that may have that information that we bring to the table uh, when you engage us. And so uh, being that true small business hub resource uh, component is what I really would like to uh, see us be in our communities and throughout the state of Florida. Um, and for small businesses particularly, I would like to see them have the opportunity to really uh, take the, this chance, this this time rather, to be able to grow their presence in their realm. So if you're a small construction company, upping things like your marketing, upping things like your website presence and being able to really speak to your capabilities so people know who you are, um, being willing to engage the Haskells and Turner construction companies of the world and look at their opportunities um, feel like you have confidence to be able to look at some of these opportunities um, because you're not going it alone. You have a resource in us to help you kind of navigate through it. Thank you, Jada, for the Thank question you. and the response. Um, 
We're going to take a, a break right now and have a commercial. But Jada, what on on the flip side of the commercial? I understand that you have an event coming up that you might want to share with our audience, and then we'll continue with the program. Yes, ma'am. We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Welcome back to Network Talk. This is Ursula Odom, and we are talking about business survival with Black Business Investment Fund. And our guest today is Selena Shirley and Danielle St. Luke. At this time, what I'd like uh, Jada Williams, our chairperson of the Network Talks Committee, to share with us an event that's going on. Jada? Yes. So NAPWIC, South Florida NAPWIC chapter will be hosting the NAPWIC Billion Dollar Disaster Stimulus Opportunities Luncheon on May 13th. The luncheon starts at 12 promptly, so we ask you to come hang out with us starting about 11.30. It will be our first virtual billion dollar luncheon. So the event, you can register on Eventbrite. We like to follow the spirit of the leader, is the spirit of the group, our mastermind um, and founder, Ms. Ann McNeil. So this event will be free. It is packed full of information. Our main guest will be um, the assistant director of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, we will have women in construction spotlights and breakout sessions where you can get useful information, mingle, talk, and business network. On May 13th, head over to Eventbrite and register. Thank you. Thank you, Jada. Thank you. So back to our guests, Ms. Shirley and Ms. St. Luke. Um, how did you hear about NABWIC? And what relevance does NABWIC have in all of this? Ms. Shirley. So I myself uh, was introduced to uh, NABWIC by one of your great members, uh, Ms. Deborah Thompson, who is always uh, a, a resource in the Jacksonville uh, community. Um, I was able to, to meet her um, by way of, of working with, uh, uh, with BBIF, uh, we grew to have a great uh, friendship, and she introduced me to NABWIC, of which um, I did sign up, and I am a part of your membership. Uh, BBIF is, is a part of your membership, and we we uh, really look 
to take a lot of pride in being active members in the organization. Uh, what we love about your organization is the great sense of connectivity and community amongst women in construction. Um, as I was saying in the beginning, my background is urban planning, um, and that led me down the path to uh, really have a true understanding of what um, the roles of GCs um, have in the development realm. Um, I've actually been uh, studying to get my GC license myself, uh, so I really have had uh, a heart and a love for um, construction and, and development. And so uh, we look forward to being uh, true partners here in both of our communities, uh, whether it be North Florida, Central Florida, South Florida, we're uh, definitely tied into your organization. We would love to be here from a informational support stream as well as what we do just for small businesses in general and giving our business advisory services to uh, those folks that would like to engage us through the membership um, and being able to have um, those links to access to capital for uh, working capital for growing your business, helping you navigate those channels as well. Um, Thank you. So. Sorry about that. So just to piggyback off Kalina, I, too, learned about NAVWIC through BBIS, actually. We have, um, I think we have a few loan clients who are actually members of NAVWIC. And I know that in the past year, BBIS has come to really understand how construction is a great way to grow a business and the different avenues that one can take in that field, um, whether you want to be in development or you want to be in property management or you want to run a construction firm. And what I've learned in the brief time that I've known about Maverick is similar to what Karina has said before, the community is so important and so vital. And I know that before COVID-19, CBS was creating a construction assistance program and we really want to push that forward, especially to support our minority contractors and construction firms throughout the state of Florida. Great. So if there are some companies right now or individuals or groups of individuals that are thinking about starting a business, what advice do you give them in this environment? I'll, I'll jump on that. I I, um, I would really say that utilize this time if you're really looking to get into construction to really uh, understand the line of work that you're going to be in. Uh, there's so many different facets to construction. There's so many different entry points um, that it's it's very easy to jump out and try and to uh, do it all. And sometimes you have a lot more uh, success and traction specializing um, and being able to really have a niche in the construction um, realm. If you're already in construction and you're using this time to kind of really see how you can uh, continue to scale, I said take this time to, to really look at some of the larger companies. Uh, what are their requirements uh, for whether it be uh, insurance or bonding, uh, what type of um, maybe new uh, safety requirements may be coming online. Look at those types of things uh, to see if you're going to be able to mine. Be able to really look at the vendor opportunities that are out there 
and see if you're going to have the uh, manpower and resources to go after those type of um, opportunities. Uh, so I would say this time right now is a great time to do that type of assessment to see if this is really uh, the lane and time for you to be uh, making that maneuver into construction as a new business. Um, but just know that there's there's a lot of requirements that you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself first from a business and legal standpoint as well as a safety standpoint. Um, and I would say, like I was saying, make sure you look at the larger prime um, uh, contractors and see what their requirements are, or really understand what they're requiring of you as a sub, um, and, and take this time to get that information uh, before you just jump into that space. Oh, I would thank like you. to echo. So, okay. Oh no, I just want to echo Kalina's statements, um, especially if you're looking to start a new business. Uh, what's most important is gaining the knowledge of the field that you want to go into. So, for anyone interested in construction, NABWIC webinar that they're hosting May 13th is a great way to learn more about the opportunities there and the different firms that exist in the marketplace. And I will also stress being prepared as a business. You must have the back end of your office or whatever setup you have secure, um, which means, you know, QuickBooks or Wave apps, a business bank account, whatever you need to make sure your business is going to run well um, because that helps you not only with contracts, but it helps you with finance and getting the financing you need to grow your business. Wonderful. Thank you. So with a lot of us being in quarantine or being um, stay at home, we have a chance to read and do things we haven't been able to do in quite some time. I mean, listening to you, I suspect you've not had that luxury, but if you did or if you plan to, <laughs> uh, what kinds of books are you reading? Oh, what are you what are you looking forward to doing doing when all of this comes down? Oh wow. Um, I can take this. I have a miniature library in my home. Um, so I have not been reading much, you're right. Um, I found in the past few years that articles, very informative articles, are actually a better source of information than books just because they have to get the point across clearer and quicker than you need to in a book. Um, I've been following Bloomberg and Vanity Fair. They have a really great reporting division. Um, and that's really how I've been getting my information on what's going on day to day, which I really need for my job. And I do try and get away from it all in the evening. So I may read something in Architectural Digest just to help kind of set the mood for the evening. Okay, and Selena. Oh wow! So uh, I am have not had the opportunity to to read casually uh, nearly as much as uh, I used to in the past. Um, I actually considered an African American lit minor when I was in college. So I I, I love reading um, African American literature, um, and so I have just a number of authors that I love to uh, to read when I have the opportunity. Um, I really am um, looking forward to seeing uh, in this downtime frame, there's been a lot of great new artists 
that have come out and uh, are really being touted as uh, some really great talent. So I'm looking forward to picking up some books from some new authors, uh, and uh, as well as uh, some folks that have been um, quiet for a while have put out some new work. So there seems to be a lot of activity in the creative space uh, since uh, this downtime, and so I'm looking to really uh, tap into some new artists, uh, or excuse me, new authors. Um, and uh, I would like would love to have hear more information about your book signing uh, after the show. So uh, learn more about your books as well. Oh, wonderful. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> um, for my listening audience, too, uh, quickly, you can go to sulatoo.com, S-U-L-A-T-O-O.com. Um, there will be some changes throughout today, getting ready for tonight, but nevertheless, as it is right now, there's great information out there about some wonderful people that I happen to represent, including myself. So thank you for that, and we're excited about introducing you to them. Okay, so as we close, is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't ask about or to give your contact information? Sure. So uh, I want to first say thank you for the opportunity uh, to to be able to address you and your audience. Uh, We are looking forward to being uh, active members in your organization, so hopefully this won't be the uh, first or last time that you, you hear about BBIF and Kalina Shirley and Danielle St. Luce, um, I can be contacted uh, by way of the North Florida office at C. Shirley, that's C-S-H-I-R-L-E-Y at BBIF.com. Uh, and uh, you can always get more information about uh, BBIF at www.bbifflorida.com. Danielle? Yeah, and I can be contacted. I'm in the South Florida office, which is Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade County. That's my reason that I'm over, but I am, I mean, now because of COVID, you're helping the entire state regardless of reason. Uh, my email is bstluce at bbif.com. You can contact me about anything. Okay, with that, I say thank you to both of you and to our listening audience for thank joining you. us. And, of course, our, our chairperson as well, Ms. Jada Williams. So and you've, you've heard another wonderful show because we had some great information from some great people. So join us next week. Yes, indeed. Join us next week where you will hear Ms. Carlina Shirley live. So do your homework. Go ahead, take some more notes, get your paperwork in order. You can email us your questions, so go ahead and get your questions lined up in the queue at at marketing at navweek.org, or you can contact us and engage with us through all of our different social media platforms to get your question, comment, or your voice heard next week live in the studio with Miss Colina Shirley. Again, you've heard great information from um, coming from the Black Business Investment Firm. Yes, go look them up. And if you are not in Florida, there is a BBIF, a Black Business Investment Foundation, somewhat similar to it in your state. So it is always a happy Wednesday here at NAVWIC Talks. And, again, I 
thank you for joining us, and I can't wait to hear you and listen in with us next Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m. Standard Eastern Time every Wednesday. Have a great, beautiful, prosperous, money-making day. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.